How's it going everybody and welcome to episode 119 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now this week's episode is all about how to protect your plants from the elements this spring. And I suppose that has many factors to it. Um, We're talking about different types of plants. We're obviously talking about some vegetables, seedlings, some tender plants, you know, tender perennials. And we're also talking about a good few different things but predominantly we're talking about weather we're talking about late frosts we're talking about cold drying winds that you sometimes get at this time of the year or we could be talking about hail and even snow um, in the last week we've had pretty much all the seasons so if you think of the last sort of 10 days for example we've had heavy frost and wind rain hail and snow here thursday of last week and pretty much the same on Friday and then on Saturday and Sunday we got a you know a bit of a shift around and the weather has gone very mild actually no frost at all no even threat of frost and you know some good warm growy days within that because I suppose since from February and not too much through March there was there was actually good growth around Christmas time and into January and then February and March were quite slow but there hasn't been a huge amount of growth you know, especially outside, there has been growth, okay, in polytunnels and whatever, because you were getting these sunny days. But from now on, um, we're getting into growthy weather. You would hope that we're getting into real growthy weather and everything will start to, to burst out of the ground. I see, you know, certain perennials starting to peep now. And, you know, this is a sign that spring is definitely here and everything is starting to wake up. The Obviously, the long days were bright now or we have light now from six in the morning until you know creeping up towards nine o'clock at night so it's getting it's getting to the stage now where we've long grotty days and that's always always very welcome and it's always a time uh, where growth really kicks off we still are vulnerable and a lot of the young plants are vulnerable to this you know changes of weather and we can still get quite changeable weather so we're going to look at the different elements uh, that potentially would cause a threat and how we can how we can mine them i know a lot of people are growing lots of seedlings both flowers and vegetables on windowsills and so on and at this stage some of these plants are probably getting tall they're also in some cases getting leggy because they could be sown too long and they all need to get somewhere now at this stage but it's still quite you know quite uh, harsh enough to, to put out you know, relatively small and tender plants. And so we definitely have to tread carefully. And yeah, that's what it's going to be all about. How to, how to look after and protect your plants this spring. Make sure that your hard work over the last few weeks in sowing doesn't get belted away with a, with a bad, a bad uh, shower hailstones or a night's frost or something like that. Um, as I say, the big thing in our in our favor at the moment is is these long days. So we're getting light from early morning until late at night, and that that's given us a good period of growth. And definitely, if we're getting a day which is mild. So last week, for example, we had very heavy frosts at night, clear skies, lots of lovely starry nights, and then the next day we had beautiful sunny days, albeit quite cold. And, but when that sun is out, the day itself might be cold, but you don't have heavy frost there. So what you can start to do at this stage is to 
harden your plants a little bit. Now, you have to be very careful here, but they do need to get some bit of hardening before they go outside. Because if you take them from your windowsill and plop them outside, the difference, you know, both daytime and particularly nighttime in the temperature, uh, in their vulnerability to wind, rain, hail is huge because inside on your windowsill, they're in typically house temperatures are, you know, 18 to 22 degrees. So they're in a quite warm environment. You've been minding them. You've been looking at them every day. You've been watching and tending to their every need. And now all of a sudden, if you pop them outside, then everything becomes, you know, it's, it's, they're a lot more vulnerable. And doesn't matter whether this is flowers or vegetables, they, they need firstly to be hardened off a little bit before you land them out there. And the way to do that is when you are getting these kind of milder days is to, in the morning time, but leave it until sort of mid-morning, get them outside and leave them outside for a little bit. Now, don't put them into somewhere that's going to be blown out with wind. Just put them somewhere where they can gently acclimatize to, you know, to that temperature. And because even at this stage, we've day, the day today and I was, whatever it is, 10 or 12 degrees. But if that's coming from a house that's 20 degrees, it's still a, it's still a good drop down, but it's not a dangerous drop. But if you put them straight outside onto a frosty night where you're dropping down to, you know, one degree or uh, zero or minus, as we had last week, minus two here at one stage, then they're going to be just wiped out and all your good work is going to be gone. So that's the first thing is start to, Give them a little bit of a hardening off every opportunity you get. And that might be, as I say, lifting them out in the morning and then lifting them back in in the evening time. Whether that's into a into your windowsill again or back to a polytunnel or maybe a progression from your windowsill might be to move them to a porch that's a little bit cooler, say. You know, a porch or a, an area of your house that might be a little bit cooler but still in, in some light. Um, move them to... Your garage, for example, where again, they'll, they'll have, if you can make sure they're at the window and have a little bit of light, but that the temperatures are not up at the 20 degrees. And that will start to toughen them up and it'll start to toughen the cells of the plant. And then when they go outside in a couple of weeks time, they'll be well able for, for most of what comes at them. Uh, so definitely start doing that bit by bit, move them to a sheltered area outside then, um, so that they're not getting the full elements, you know, so they're still outside, still, soaking up whatever that temperature is but that they're not being totally exposed then you need to have your your frost fleece at the ready and even within your your polytunnel you might still need to have your frost fleece at the at the ready for some of your tender stuff like you know tomatoes and certainly peppers courgettes pumpkins any of that type of stuff they're definitely still going to need uh, to be protected from frost and outside if you have sowings of you know, say, for example, salad crops already gone in, they would benefit our plantings of of uh, salad crops. So you've planted out your, your plug plants. They would benefit from being protected from frost over the next few weeks. And frost fleece, there's, you know, everyone knows that it's, you know, the white fleecy material. And that basically covers down the plants. Some people will put it on a hoop over them so that it's not actually touching on them. And that's especially good if you're getting rain, because if you get rain and you have it down on the ground, obviously the fleece itself gets wet. And then if the if a frost comes, you get the, the wet fleece freezing 
and then that's sitting down on top of your little plug plants and that can be quite cold and quite damaging although it won't it won't kill them off but a hoop is a good idea to keep them up off it so you get the benefit of the of the fleece without uh, lying down on top of it but you can leave it dying down as well it's 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 an option if you're going for fleece look for for heavy gauge and the light stuff is generally you know 17 degree or 17 grams per uh, per square meter and that's really really light fabric and especially if you're in a windy location once you hold that down it can tear quite easily in the wind but also its frost protection is not that brilliant so go for the heavier gauge one which is generally 30 grams a square meter if you look for that that will give you much better protection and it'll also be reusable over time so you can use it for years to come the most damage with with frost uh, occur in the in the morning sun so you can get a plant that actually freezes overnight and if that plant doesn't thaw out and thaws out naturally without direct sunlight on it the next day in some cases that frost actually won't do any damage now i'm not talking obviously about real tender plants but some plants that's how you know that's how the damage is done the early morning sun on the frost so the key there is to keep your fleece over it until you know quite a bit into mid-morning and if you are taking your fleece off then now some people will leave the fleece on for the next few weeks uh, you do lose a bit a little bit of light onto your plants but it still gives you that protection and you're not taking it on and off every day but if you are taking it off don't take and you're and it's after a night's frost don't take it off first thing in the morning so leave it until mid-morning or even you know noon around noon and at that stage then you'll be able to open it up because as i say it is the it is that sun in the morning time. And if you have plants that you hadn't covered and you get an unexpected night's frost, if you cover them and you know now that you have frost early in the morning, if you cover them back up early in the morning and let them let them sort of thaw you know, gently, you will limit the damage. I'm not saying it'll, it'll completely stop it, but it'll definitely limit it. I know that if the late frost that comes and does damage to... The, the flowers of fruit trees i know some of the big orchards if they know there's a very late frost coming they will actually go out on the frosty night and during the frosty night and they will spray with water so they'll mist all of the flowers with water on a continuous basis for a couple of hours and that creates a glass um, almost like a, a glass of ice around the flower and so they're completely freezing the the flower head obviously but because they're creating this sort of glass ball around it, the next morning when that sun comes out, the thaw is going to be quite slow because it's a big piece of ice on the flower. And that thaw then, because it's slow, means that the flower itself will actually remain intact. So if they didn't do that, then the flower would get frosted and then the sun would hit it straight away the next morning. It would literally burst the cells and that's how it, that's how it does the damage, by bursting the cells in the morning time. So... That's how some of the big, now we're, you know, as <laughs> amateur gardeners, nobody's going to, well, I don't think anybody's going to go out and, and go to that level of effort to, you know, spread our, spread our fruit trees in the nighttime with um, water and on multiple occasions to build up that glass. But if they, if they were, yeah, that's, that's a way to do it. But the point I was making was that it just shows that it is that, quick that quick thaw out in the morning that really causes the damage and if you can limit that you have a great chance of looking after your plants correctly the other 
I suppose things to watch over the next few weeks. Um, the potatoes, some people have them in. Not everybody has said their main crops in yet, and they won't. In most cases, they won't be peeping up out of the ground for another bit because we haven't had that consistent high temperature for a few days. But they will start to peep over the next uh, week or two in in certain areas. And as they do, just keep erting them up all the time. So every time every time the sprout comes up a few inches, you ert it back up again. And keep doing that right up for another for another three or four weeks. And and that will, you know, that will mean that all of those early stage stems will get protected and hopefully they'll avoid any frost. Um most places will be frost free, certainly into early May. Uh, around here typically we're getting this late frost that's, you know, sometime in the middle middle to the third week of, of May. So just a small bit extra length of, of a threat around here. But in, in other areas, you know, by the you'd be certainly clear of it or you'd hope to be clear of it by sort of early May. And I saw only very recently, about two weeks ago, and I nearly fell over when I saw it, um, Trays upon trays and trolleys upon trolleys of begonias, busy lizzies, petunias, uh, tomato plants, all outside in a garden center on trolleys. And I just, it's crazy. It's getting earlier and earlier every year. And I would say a lot of those, once they get sold, obviously they look great and people think, bang, here we go, it's summertime. Uh, and it's not like, and you, you will, you lose all your, you lose all of those flowers or all of those veg plants unless you're going to be able to look after them and mind them every single night and watch that there's nothing going to come to, you know, to cause a problem. Um, the other useful thing to do on all your seedlings is to is to, is to fertilize them with with seaweed. And you might wonder what that has got to do with protecting your plants this spring but seaweed actually strengthens well it strengthens the roots of the plants number one but it also strengthens the cells of the plants so if you ever notice if you get seaweed and you put it onto say one tray of plants and don't do the exact same variety beside it and don't spray it with it essentially the the one that you have sprayed will green up but it'll also the leaf itself will look kind of bulkier so it actually fills out the cells of the plant cells of the leaves and makes it hardier and then that makes it less susceptible to you know cold and frost and so on so it makes a harder a harder hardier plant i guess so that's definitely a good thing to do if you're not already using seaweed on your seedlings and on your young plants I would 100% recommend it and it definitely will strengthen especially the root zone but also the the top half of the plant leaving it less susceptible to frost and damage later on from from wind and and hail and all those things so and again that's flowers vegetables uh, emerging potatoes use seaweed liquid seaweed on all of those and definitely you will you will see your benefit in that then the other thing that's um useful not a lot of people use it, but it's hugely useful, especially in the, over these next couple of months um, and then later on in the year for a different reason, which I'll mention in a moment. And that's to use something like biometing, bionetting, enviromesh. Uh, some others call it vegetable netting. Some others call it um, protection net. And essentially what you're looking for here is a really fine, really fine mesh. It's generally a, a white 
white to milky type color and it's it's a tough product so it's a really hard product and essentially what that does is it lets pretty much all the light through with a minor amount of shading but not much let's a minor uh, let's the majority of the light through let's the majority of the moisture through so if you get a nice rainy day it will allow that through to water your plants but the biggest thing that it does it disperses rain uh, keeps off hail keeps off snow there's a minor amount of frost protection in it not much because obviously it's open and it's allowing the air through but there is a minor amount of frost protection and you get a little bit of a benefit in that it slows down the, the thawing out process in the morning but bionetting EnviroMesh or whatever product you know whatever name the different company has on it that's for me an essential product especially in the vegetable garden over the next few months because you're putting out seedlings you're putting out and even let them be the hardier ones you know some from some from the brassica families and whatever they'll be hardy little vegetable plants but going out at that time of the year they're nice attractive food to the pigeons for example or any other sort of birds that might be about uh, around here um blackbirds love to pull them up they don't eat them they just love pulling them up and and messing with you um so they'll pull them up and bionetting will stop that the big thing with it though is it it reduces that you know these showers heavy windy showers that so for example today really bright day outside but out of the blue there's a real heavy shower and during that shower there's a lot of gusty wind and if you have vegetable plants out there getting battered and blown around and it just doesn't kill them but it just they feel sorry for themselves afterwards and they do take you know a good week or two to recover after that whereas with the with this netting over them it just it allows them to be exposed to the elements it allows them to acclimatize but it means that they're not just getting battered by that heavy wind and particularly at this stage of the year uh, heavy showers with wind or hailstones something like that and that really is a brilliant product for your vegetable garden also useful if you're still minding a few a few uh, flower seedlings or you know that type of thing you can just cover it over with them and it'll definitely be be helpful for all those reasons the other the other thing that it's very good for is um later on in the year and you have to make sure and get the right one now this is the really fine mesh it's very good for cabbage root fly and carrot root fly particularly because carrot root flies are definitely going to be around and at some point in the year they will give you if you're growing a good few carrots they will definitely give you headaches especially once you start harvesting a few a few of the smaller ones because that scent that that'll be in the air will attract them and they will inevitably find your carrots but if you're able to keep the the bionetting or the environment or whatever product you're you're getting but that type of product over them you can harvest them but the the carrot root fly cannot get in at them and it's it it needs that really tiny mesh to exclude them and that will mean that you'll have no issues there and you can just put it on hoops over the carrots open it up pull your whatever amount of carrots you're looking for on that day and seal it back down again and that's the you know you're not worrying about it you're not not wondering what's what's happening here but if you leave it inevitably you're going to get it uh, you might get lucky in odd year but inevitably you will have that problem and so this netting ensures that that doesn't um that doesn't give you any issues 
And uh, yeah, they're the main things, the other things to watch out for now over the next few weeks and something I'll have to watch for, not quite yet, but in a few weeks' time. Uh, I didn't lift any of my dahlias. Some of them are going to make it through and some of them are not. But as they start to come up uh, and peep up, that that new growth is that lovely lush growth is perfect for slugs and they will literally graze them off as they come up and after a period of a few weeks you'll say oh there's no sign of the dahlias but they actually had been trying to come all the time but they were just getting wiped and razored off every time they come up you know even a little bit so just watch that over the next few weeks particularly keep an eye out you know that if you have any coming up and they use some form of a a barrier or whatever it is that you're using, you know, the, the ferric phosphate slug pellets, which have no, you know, they're, they're safe for wildlife birds. They're made from clay. So they're a safe product. Uh, and you can use those around them or as I say, some of the barrier products. And that'll just mean that, you know, eggshells can be used as well. And that'll just mean that those dahlias and some other of your, of your perennials that are peeping up that are very attractive to, slugs and snails that they'll they'll get to come up and once they get up enough then then it doesn't really matter if the slugs come and take a few leaves off the bottom because the plant is is getting up up and established but in those early days when it's only just those few little buds peeping if they continue to just cut them off as they come up then you'll have no perennial coming up and you'll be wondering where the, where they gone and inevitably you'll blame the frost um for killing them over the winter but it may not have been the case so just keep an eye. If you know where they were, just keep an eye. Keep an eye for them peeping out and then just deal with it. Um, and, you know, if it's a case that you watch them today and they're coming up fine and tomorrow there looks to be no damage, that's fine. But if you notice any damage at all, then get on it straight away and then you'll be fine. Um, they're the main things to watch out for. It's uh, it's really important. Uh, it's probably a little bit boring as a podcast topic to, to how to protect your plants in the spring. But this is really the stage where, you know, whether you're going out and you're buying your your vegetables or, God forbid, going out buying bedding plants at this stage, you're either going to waste your money or waste the time if you have if you've gone and sowed all these and looked after them and tended to them on your windowsill or in your polytunnel over the last few weeks and then you put them out and they get battered or, or wiped out with a frost or a or a hailstorm. Um you know, it, it really is disheartening and, and, and can feel like your work has, has been in vain. So just a few little simple tips to ensure that you, that you, you know, get through this period of the next month or, or five weeks and then everything will just grow and all your work will come to fruition and you'll see, you know, all of those seeds that you sow and coming into bloom, uh, coming into the kitchen to be eaten. And it'll all feel worthwhile then. But just these next few weeks for minding them is, is vitally important, albeit albeit a little bit boring maybe for a podcast topic. So uh, apologies if it is, but I do think it'll be useful for you guys as as you start to navigate over the next few weeks. The hardening off, I can't say how, how much, how important that is. Uh, and I know I've seen some people who have little polytunnels cold frames actually that's something i didn't mention it really is something that's worth having in the garden is a little cold frame um so essentially it looks like a raised bed with a slant roof on it and it has a perspex or a polythene or a glass top and that's a really good way of 
hardening off plants because you, you get during the daytime you just lift the lid of it and so you're getting that uh, ambient day temperature on the, on them so they harden up that way and then at night time you just drop down the lid and you know they get that protection from the night frost so that's a really good way just watch the morning early morning sun if if we do get a heavy frost on them but coal frames are something that they're underutilized i don't have one myself but they are so underutilized they're a really really cost effective and brilliant way to raise seeds cuttings young plants and to mine some stuff and uh, yeah definitely worth having so yeah just definitely harden off and do that slowly you know bring them bringing them out every day for a few hours and then over time you can start to increase that and then as as you go a few weeks down you might get nights with no frost that you know there's no frost and leave them out all night and now your plants are starting to get very hardy and very used to the to the temperature outside as opposed to the as i say the 18 to 22 degrees that you're going to have on the windowsill um only other thing then to mention is the real you know the the likes of the exotic plants that you might have been nursing in maybe in the glass house or the or the conservatory just be careful with those same thing it's still a little bit cold final thing then just continue your your sowing while while you you're still getting this this frosty weather and you have loads of seedlings and you're actually probably running out of space for seedlings at this stage because your windowsills are full or your potting benches or your grow areas glass houses whatever it is that you have are probably chock-a-block with seedlings waiting for the opportunity to get them out but you still need to continue sowing especially on the vegetable side to continue having that uh, succession coming down the line and uh, if you continue you'll have no gaps you'll have no gaps in your in your production over the next few weeks so that's um, pretty much this week's episode um as i say a boring topic but um boring topic but still very very important over the next couple of weeks and uh, the first course that i that i launched has sold out so really looking forward to that day for any of you guys who listen or are going to it i can't wait to meet you uh delighted that it's sold out but i suppose more importantly i'm really looking forward to giving people um you know lots of value that they can go away and be confident in growing their own growing their own veg in a couple of weeks time uh, I got three or four messages from people who are on holidays abroad at that time. Uh, lucky them. And so they're asking, will there be another one? And there possibly will, but I won't name anything or I won't mention anything about dates or anything until I get this first one delivered and lots of, of happy people going away on the day. And then I'll, I'll look at uh, adding a second date and hopefully that'll suit some people. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening and until the next time, happy gardening.